0: In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Easter is a time to see things differently. In his sermon since Easter Sunday, Pastor Nelson has urged us to have a little imagination as we go forward together. To have a little imagination as we engage Christ and his church and each other and the postmodern world around us. But imagination does not mean fantasy. Imagination does not mean pretending or faking or escaping. Actually, having a little imagination means quite the opposite. Easter does not ask us to believe in things that are not real. Instead, Easter asks us to believe in the most real thing of all, Easter asks us to believe that our Creator has returned to his creation. To believe that, in spite of ourselves and our sin, our Heavenly Father wants us home again with him in Eden. To believe that your life has a purpose bigger than you are, and that you can actually be of some good use to our Lord. To believe that all of this happens through the life and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that all of this is given to you as a gift in his word and sacraments. Even though from time to time it is terribly difficult for the naked eye to see. So when Easter asks us to see things differently, it asks us to see things as they really are. To filter the static to block the noise, to see deeply, and to live. Hugh Gilbert has written that for those who have eyes to see, the resurrection is everywhere. Mary Magdalene saw a gardener. The two disciples saw a fellow traveler on the road to Emmaus. And the seven disciples saw a stranger on the beach. It was the risen Lord. Someone is baptized and received into the church at Easter, and he says that he can't get over it. Even his body feels lighter. Someone returns to the sacrament after years of absence and unloads accumulated bitterness and has a sudden peace. Someone returns to his vocation after straying from it. Someone is asked to make a sacrifice and rises to it amazingly with great generosity of spirit, living, as 1 Peter says, no longer by human passion, but by the will of God. Someone comes as a guest, arriving distraught and despairing, and leaves with light in his eyes, And even laughing. Someone dies, which is a grief for the bereaved, but an entry into life for him or for her. These are all real cases, these are true stories. But the point is this this is resurrection, this is the more abundant grace. This is the effectiveness of liturgy and sacraments. When any of that happens here at St. John, it's not just good for that particular person. It is good for all of us, for the church and for the world. That sort of imagination, that sort of seeing, seeing the joy, the forgiveness, and the peace, seeing the faithfulness, and the generosity. Seeing the light and the laugh and the life after death. Seeing what Christ does here is contagious. It is what Jesus means in the last verse of the gospel appointed for this day when he says, by this all people will know. That is, all people will see or all people will get the feeling from watching all of you that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If all of that is true, how do we do justice to the resurrection? We do justice to the resurrection when we tend what we've been given, when we tend the liturgy, which is the home of Jesus, his word, and his sacraments. Each Sunday in the liturgy, we go out to meet the risen Lord. In the church, every Sunday is recognized as a little resurrection. So, like the faithful women and the very first disciples, we rush out to the tomb to honor and anoint him, only to find that he is not there. He has risen, and now he is busy. His busyness is a declaration that life is stronger than death. And because he is busy here at St. John, in this time, at this place, his busyness is an assertion that your life matters. After all, what Jesus is doing here at St. John, he's doing for you, and actually doing to you. You know how it goes here. He is busy naming us at the font, taking us into his experience, into his life and his death and his resurrection, taking us into his family. He is busy speaking away our sins, consoling us, and telling us every Sunday to see ourselves as he sees us, as his chosen ones, as his holy ones, as his Israel, without spot or blemish. He is busy hearing our prayers and our creeds. He is busy receiving our tithes and our alms for the poor. He is busy nourishing us at his supper with his holy body and holy blood, living and resurrected. He is busy drawing us to participate in the divine life of the Holy Trinity, changing us and shaping us and trying to use us well, in this space, but also out there in the world. Yes, some days you do not see it, and some days you do not feel it, but in this evil world with all the static and all the noise, that is not uncommon, nor is it unexpected. Besides, from his betrayal on Monday Thursday, when he spoke these words, Through the nails and the taunts and the bitter wine and the damning weight of our sins, it was very difficult for Jesus himself to see past Good Friday to Easter. But he did, and by his grace, all of you can as well. When you do not see it, And when you do not feel it, that is precisely the time that you need a little bit of imagination to brush away the static and the noise and to embrace the reality of the resurrection, to see the story behind the story. Jesus' resurrected life means that he is never overwhelmed or overcome and Jesus' resurrected life means that evil, however potent and painful it is when it bites you, never has the last word in your life. Maybe this morning you can't even imagine that. Maybe today you cannot even imagine that sort of seeing seeing the joy and the forgiveness and the peace, seeing the faithfulness and the generosity, seeing the light and the laugh, and the life after death, seeing what Christ sees, seeing what Christ does here. Okay. But you should remember that Jesus spoke these words to his disciple on the night when he washed their feet, and they could not imagine it either. In fact, that was the night they all fled him. But Jesus has a fix for that. Jesus says to all of you, what he said to all of them, you have called me Master and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Then if I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I have set you an example You are to do as I have done to you, John chapter 13. So even when you cannot imagine living in a world or a church or a family soaked in the resurrection, just do the work. Today Jesus asks you to receive his gifts once again, his foot washing, his cross, his baptism, his absolution, his holy word, his holy Eucharist, his holy liturgy. And then, to leave this place and go and do likewise, following his example. If he is your Lord and Master, then just take what he gives you in this liturgy today and go and give and forgive and flourish. Just follow his example, says Jesus. And eventually, if you simply follow in loving obedience... Imagination will come, and every person and place and situation you meet will end up soaked in the resurrection. And you will grow, and Christ Church will grow, and though you may never understand it or even see it coming, ultimately you will be happy. But the only way that you will ever know, ever imagine, ever see, ever have it happen, is by following in obedience, by loving, which is to say, by obeying, by getting it here and going out there and following his example and doing likewise, as Jesus says, in love for one another. That is the way And frankly, it is the only way that the church ever works. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.